electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber. S&P looks to break above 4,600 for the first time since January as the ceasefire talks in Istanbul are called the most constructive so far. And Russia says it will cut military activity near Kiev. VIX below 19. Oil dips below 99. A roadmap begins with that optimism. Signs of constructive talks and renewed ceasefire hopes buoying investor sentiment ahead of the open. Plus, it will be the end of an era at FedEx. Fred Smith is set to step aside as the CEO of a company that he founded more than 50 years ago. And you may have seen it yesterday, that meme craze returns. Shares of AMC, GameStop, and others red hot once again. Start with the markets here and the reaction to those developments surrounding the uh, ceasefire talks in Istanbul, hosted by Erdogan, who uh, Jim said it was the most constructive round so far. Doesn't well, sound like you buy into much of it. Well, I mean, my problem is, is that this is not the first rodeo of uh, Putin. And he is historically... Told you he was going to do one thing, and then he did the other. Uh, he's played the media. He played. Uh, he shut down the media for uh, Chechnya. Uh, he never really told you what he was going to, what he actually did in Chechnya versus what he told you to do. Like he would say, "Listen, uh, capital city. I don't need to. to uh, we'll pull back." And then he'll. And then he raised it. Right. Right after that. I mean, how, how good of an analog are some of the, his prior conflicts? Because it's not like he had the whole world against him back then. No, uh, and he was able to say that he was always up against terrorists. So a terrorist, a Chechnya terrorist, uh, a Syria terrorist, and, uh, of course, no real verification that they were the terrorists in Syria. Uh, look, where's Kharkiv? Where's Kharkiv in this talk? Kharkov, the old Kharkov, is a giant city, Ukrainian city. Why is he saying he's pulling back from that? Why is he pulling back from Chernobyl, where apparently there's a, a tremendous amount of uh, radiation that they've unleashed? To, to a great deal of soldiers. Their own. Their own soldiers. Well, by the way, you know, he's never, never mattered to him that he kills Russians. So you're, you're somewhat cautious on this reaction to what seems to be the progress being made in well, Turkey? I want him to say I'm not going to be in Kharkiv. Look, right. maybe it's possible you create this little state, right, that he owns. But has this man expressed, has this man... Is there a single word this man says that, that you have felt is gospel? No. I, I think, as you say, history would show that it, you can't trust him at all. You can see what happens on the ground. So right. that's what I guess we need to focus on. I remember on. in our, our country, like, you would talk about, you know, unfortunately, President Nixon also had a problem with the truth. And you would talk about bombing pauses. Well, we'll have a bombing pause. So in other words, what you're going to do is you're going to take a break from bombing the hell out of us, Okay. Well, I mean, that was kind of Nixon's plan. And then as soon as they thought that there was going to be a break, pow. Yeah. 
But to Carl's point, I mean, I don't they, mean to, you know, to well, Carl's no, point, Jim, was very they're, they're not doing very well uh, in terms of their initial goals at all. Right. They are getting beat. Well, then why don't they pull out entirely instead of say, listen, we're not going we're, we're gonna to go I'm not going after a couple of cities. Kharkiv is the one that is most important because that's the east. You don't have to take, a, take the east away. Oh, there's a lot of talk about. East-West? You know, I know. West, yeah. Well, we did that already with, with Germany, yep. and that was a massive failure. And now that it's quite different. The regime change, I've walked that back mentally, given the fact that I don't favor nuclear war. Uh, but that's just one man's opinion. But I do think that it's, it's, it's constructive if they pull out. Let's see them pull out. I mean, they yeah, lost. but the market gets ahead <laughs> of those say, kinds of things. It's <laughs> like, you know, that's the whole, that's what a market does. I don't need to tell you that. Well, I remember as soon as we got to 50% retracement, I said that the market was going to be up dramatically 21 out of 21 times. So far, so good. And, uh, and by the way, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to be too, uh, just switch from Ukraine to memes, but there are some, um, there's some great enthusiasm out there now in the marketplace. <laughs> yes. We are going to get to that a little bit uh, yeah. later. Yep. GameStop uh, up 45% yesterday. That's a nice. 20 to 29. Boom. Oh, that was your fault, David. You asked some tough questions, and everything Adam answered made me feel more bullish about it. We'll get to, we'll get to that in a bit. We had British we'll banks. Up, we had European banks up there for a second. Yeah. They looked okay. They I did. I mean, everyone's just decided this war is over because the— because Russia's done badly for a couple of weeks. And well, all I can say is that would be so great. The EU never got around. I mean, they, you know, Zelensky has pushed them to actually stop using Russian oil and gas, which they have not done. I, Certainly Germany ooh, has not but, been willing to do that. This obviously, if in fact it is, does prove to be true right. and there is a cessation in hostilities, would then take the heat off in terms of any prospect that they would have to well, pull back. I got some bad news. Which would have been really bad for the European I, economy. I got some bad news for Putin. You look at the most recent numbers, the numbers that we're getting in March out of Louisiana and Texas, uh, Russia loses all leverage next year. It's that big. Yeah. And Wait, by the so way, so suddenly last, we are producing more? No, we're not producing more. We are LNG current plants. Oh, LNG. Are, are surprisingly got it. More, uh, they're producing far more than we thought. And they repealed the FERC law. The president repealed the. The, uh, the FERC law that blocked uh, interstate commerce that would have hurt. Remember I told you that FERC was uh, suddenly yep, the yep, president? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's repealed. And um, there's one more big plant coming on. And the numbers are, thank you, Russia, Brazil, are shocking at how little leverage Russia will have over, oh. over Europe next, EU, over the EU. Because they are, are going to shift a lot. A year from, from now or how long? Uh, one year from now. Okay. I mean, like to the point where if I were Putin, I would be like saying, Oh, has anyone seen these numbers well, out of uh, out of Louisiana? There's uh, the tape today saying they're capping some storage of crude because no one is buying Russian benchmark oh. crude. And when you move that natural gas over, I mean, it is incredible how much more we're shipping than we thought we could ship. Uh, and if you take it from England, take it from Turkey, then I think that what you would say is the Russians are in so much trouble next year with their natural gas that maybe they ought to pull back from, say, from, say, Kiev. And, uh, and others. We'll yeah. find out. Um, we'll keep an eye on that. The other big news this morning, corporate wise, is FedEx, of course. Fred Smith, pioneer of express delivery, stepping down as CEO of the company he founded back in the 70s. CEO Raj Subramanian will take over the top job on June 1. Smith will move to executive chair, and he'll be Jim's guest tonight on Mad Money at 6 p.m. Eastern time. 
most famous college thesis ever? Yes. <laughs> and I think he's, he's a hero of mine. I've known him for a long time. He used to come home when I was partners with Larry, with Larry Kudlow. Uh, uh, a kind of a, I'm going to put him in the great American category. He came up with an idea. The idea is with us. Uh, it was almost like an idea created for the uh, direct-to-consumer. And Fred was relentless in terms of quality. He did stumble on Europe because he bought a company that, you know, Europe is very difficult. We TNT. Yeah. When you try that to deal do, has not gone well. No, I, I've done same day to Italy and it's same month. <laughs> it's really amazing. Just that's same month. Like the suit, same month. By the way, that is. That is a beautiful suit that you're you wearing. Like it. Particularly it's, if you want to star in it's brand you new. You want to star in Guys and they, Dolls. I got I think it. you really there's, from there's an opening. Nathan. It's from Nathan. <laughs> you know, I don't have to sit here and be insulted by you. I hope you go away for a couple of days. <laughs> I am going away, not because he banished this, me. I got a horse for you. I'm going to see on Twitter. Oh, Jim banished David. <laughs> you know, I really re- resent that. I Those are wide pinstripes. This happened to be beautiful. in Milan. It is beautiful. I got a horse right here. His name is Paul Revere. <laughs> you know, um, and, uh, is, if the weather is clear. Down, you're rocking the boat. You know, yeah. I, was, I was down in Florida, and people said, you know what? Um, you do like him, right? <laughs> you do like him. He didn't answer. You know, All right, let's get back Remember to FedEx. Remember my father thought you hated me? And I, he knew I didn't. I know, but he just every time he said something, I'd get the phone call five after ten. I think I, you got to say something to David. I, I, he, I think he doesn't like you. Status doesn't like this. Not that material. Not at all. Um, it's the opposite. Let's talk more about FedEx, though. Uh, you're going to have Fred Smith on yes. tonight, and, and I'm looking about- forward to that. But there is also the listen. I brought this up a few weeks ago. <laughs> the prospect, the, the shares have more more than stalled. They've right. well underperformed. Certainly, rival UPS. Remember, similar uh, similar revenues, half the market cap, uh, and so there is some frustration on the part of shareholders that the company is just not as profitable, to put it simply, as it could be. Its free cash flow conversion is not as strong as it could be. Uh, perhaps spends too much on planes. You mentioned that the TNT a, right. deal in Europe. It hasn't worked out well at this point. Right. Uh, and so, you know, there is some frustration. I brought this up a few weeks ago. Uh, a no, number of people were paying attention about the prospect of an activist. Is any of this related to potentially the prospect of an activist getting in there uh, and pushing for change in terms of succession? Unclear. Uh, very much unclear. Uh, you know, this has been something that has been in process for some period of time, potentially. But I will say this. Um, this is not going to discourage. And there you see the memo. He talked about Raj, talked about making him uh, chief operating officer. By the way, that role now empty. Uh, no COO anymore. Uh, and an orderly transition. Well, as Raj they approach was much the 50th. more. He was much, much more of a factor on the conference call. Right. Uh, and this was the least combative conference call of the last, say, eight. Yeah. Uh, there were some conference calls that, frankly, were cringeworthy. That you just like, will you please show some respect to this man? Uh, but the analysts kind of went away. Uh, um, so you're right. I want to know about you. Twice, well, several times have hinted me that there's that could be. Activism. Well, and I, what I will say now is that it, this is not going to discourage uh, potential activism. In fact, it might actually embolden it in a sense, because if you were coming as an activist, a lot of your campaign would have been focused around succession and Mr. Smith. And that could have been very tough, given his iconic status. Now you really can make a, an activist campaign much more about the operations of the company, improving profitability, the fact that you want perhaps other leaders in there. Long term, these are not things that can happen overnight. uh, But it doesn't mean, uh, from what I understand, that in any way it will deter those who've been thinking about potentially saying, hey, this is a company that needs fundamental change in terms of its execution. By the way, uh, 
uh, no staggered board here. Well, that's uh, saying, at all. Because they didn't like the uh, the governance. Right. They didn't like Europe. And remember, grand margins were yes. disappointing. Yes. And grand margins, by the way, is what we all get with direct to consumer. Right. Um, so well, you know, again, when it comes to that, we shall see. Again, unclear whether this really had a lot to do with the potential for activism. Oh, well, but I can't, I can't gentleman. divorce it from he is that. Older he is. He was one of the longest-serving CEOs of all time. Now I think Buffett stands alone uh, at this point. Um, well, he's still CEO of Fred Smith until June. But, but uh, it's it's. Uh, but and, let's back up. Let's go it, back to what, what what Carl just said. I mean, can we just like on this one particular day say that this guy had an idea? Oh my God! And yeah. holy cow, did he change the world? Changed. Changed. Yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And and your current shareholders today, they're like, yeah, that's great. What does that do for me? Right? Well, I mean, look, United Parcel's done, if, she's if the, done well. If the value of man. UPS is real in the market, then this could be a double if you get it right. I think that the, the some of it's cost. Some of it is the bizarre way that you can get a franchise. You, know, you get these franchises, mm-hmm. and the franchises were very stretched by, uh, by COVID uh, and a lot of overtime pay. And then, yes, let's get to the bottom of the airlines. And TNT, every call, don't worry, it's soon. And yet when you're over in Italy, I'm not kidding, when you're over in any part of Europe, it is just uh, not a factor. Maybe at a certain level of business, but uh, it doesn't work because the unions are so powerful there. They just don't. They're like the unions and they're like the longshoremen, which contract comes up July 1. Um, and we'll talk maybe a bit contract. more about uh, just transports in general, the action we've seen last couple days yep. going into the end of the quarter. When we come back, uh, the meme stock madness, of course, AMC and GameStop each doubling in a span of about two weeks. Got some calls on Etsy, Pins, Google, McDonald's. Can the VIX stay below 19? And can oil close with double digits today? We're back in a moment. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge, and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Meme stock madness continues one day after AMC's big surge. Over the last two weeks, shares of AMC and GameStop each more than doubled. Bed Bath up more than 30% during that period. And in case you missed it, we talked with AMC's uh, Adam Aaron yesterday. Take a listen. Are you surprised there are not other CEOs? 
who aren't seeking a level of engagement with their shareholders that would allow them to have much more freedom to do things. You know, Jim, if you'd asked me that question a year ago, I'd say, no, I wasn't surprised because it was a pretty novel thing that a CEO of a medium-sized public company would embrace retail investors the way we did at AMC. But that was a year ago. Uh, Yes, I am amazed now that others have not followed in our footsteps. As you know, I talk uh, with our investors almost every day through Twitter. So the messages I convey and the thousands of inbound messages I get that I actually read myself, uh, it's so important to talk to your shareholders, to talk to investors, to listen to your shareholders, to listen to investors. Uh, I do think this is the wave of the future. We have great respect for the retail investors uh, who own AMC. Uh, Monday's 45% move, best day since June, when it was on its way to fresh highs. Yeah, look, I, I think that Aaron's dead right. I do not understand why CEOs only cater to large institutions. I mean, that was one of the reasons why we haven't had any stock splits, because the institutions want fewer shares so that the expenses, the the commissions are are lower. Uh, He took a company that was largely institutional, made it individual, and then made it fly. Now, David, you could argue that there aren't enough individual investors, but I would argue that, wait a second, the institutions are overly catered to, and if you go, I mean, I have a lot of people call Mad Money, the CEOs, and they say to me, listen, you know what? We need more individual investors. They're sticky. They're more responsive. Hmm. They're not trading in and out. Right. Well, trading in and out, I, I don't know about that. I think there's a lot of trading in and out of AMC and GameStop, don't you? I'm not sure. No? Well, I, these people, very sticky investors. Yeah. I don't know. I can check I, my, my mentions column. You know, it's fascinating a, how he has made well. this into a business model, and he addressed that but yesterday now, as well. But don't you In think other words, using these investors to allow AMC to now move into other areas, fully recognizing and acknowledging that his companies, uh, that the fundamentals of his business do not in any way are, are, are not the... <laughs> That the stock what the heck price, are you saying? I'm trying to say that the stock is overvalued. All right, and I'm going to tell you this. And he fully recognizes this. Uh, watch that this. Watch based this on AMC's post. business. Watch this ride post, okay? Disney should change its model right now and go individual and stop it with the institutions, which hate them. Anything? Any good? So Disney could become a meme stock no, it, it, and the stock would go up? Right. Catered individuals. The individuals are less How fickle. would you do the that if you were Disney? Go to How, Disney? What would you do? What would you do? You're going to, like, do a poll before you take a big yeah. proposal to the board? Are you, you going to conduct most of your business on Twitter? I mean, I think it's great that Adam's apology to us got a million point six okay. views. Okay. All, All right. right. Way to go. All right, wise guy. Listen to me. Uh, you own shares in Disney. Maybe you get a discount at the incredibly expensive theme park. Maybe you get to cut in line. Maybe you get to go into the theme park even earlier than other people if you can prove that you own a, sh- a couple of shares. This is so smart, I can't believe it. <laughs> Holy cow, Chapek's going to do this. He's going to take well, credit for um, it. I mean, in Aaron's case, it was because no one was filling seats. Right. Disney does not have that problem. No. Why no, would you ever but, need to do that? Well, I would say that that's a very good point. But I think that one of Disney's problems is they need to get, they can even get prices higher, get some pricing. They have to do uh, more pricing. They raise pricing dramatically. Well, yeah, but then you can come under if you're a shareholder. Okay, and that in turn is going to then what? 
generate a lot of appetite for the shares amongst the retail audience because I want to go to Disney for less money? It's a loyalty program is what you said. Yes. Oh, my God. It's a loyalty program. And I've got to tell you, right now, the institutions. (laughs) (laughs) To serve man. To serve Disney. Listen to me. The institutions don't really care for Disney or else the stock would be dramatically much closer to where it's worth. So let's get the individuals involved. They'll pay up. And you know what? They can get certain benefits. And it's an interesting, they're watching right now. It's an interesting the, topic. Disney's watching right now. And you yeah. know what they're thinking? They're thinking like, he was right with Tim well, Cook about he gonna the do that? service <laughs> revenue. Invest he was in a right gold about mine? The, What's he going to do uh, with this new, no, like, Adam no, is? You know, I'm kidding. No, no. I'm just saying that the, what a logical thing to have switch pip, to pivot and go for individuals because Disney's like that. I, I mean, I don't think Jamie Dimon can today say, listen, I really want invest. I would. I would guys who have an nobody, account. Nobody cares right about GAP Morgan. Give me a little. Bit. I give. I give it to you. Give me a little love. You got it, baby. I got a dice game downtown too. I'd and, like you to be a part of. And wait, it's going to happen. Oh God, with the suit. <laughs> it's going to happen now because I. Did you know, set up? I'm going to set it up right now. <laughs> we'll get Kramer's Mad Dash countdown to the opening bell in uh, just about eight minutes. Don't go away. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. We've been talking all morning about these headlines on the tape about what appears to have been a constructive round of ceasefire talks in Turkey. Uh, Oil, as we mentioned, flirting with double digits in the VIX below 19 for the first time really since January. Opening bells coming up in just a moment. All right, let's get to a mad dash before we head to an opening bell three minutes from now. McCormick. Yeah, well, there's stocks all over the place. Like, say, for instance, Micron reports tonight. The stock's up two. We know the oil and gas is down. We know that uh, anything ag is down. So let's look at an ag-related company, which is McCormick, which has spice. It has uh, packaging that look like the consumer packaged companies. Obviously, it's got uh, cost of goods holds that have gone up, and yet, they delivered a pretty good quarter. Now they're going to be on tonight. I think what people are not happy with is that they feel that uh, while flavor solutions were good, restaurants are strong, uh, the actual sales are on top of it, 4% on top of 20%. And so people would like to see more on top of 20 I say, will you give me a break? More people are, people still cook at home. And one of the reasons why they cook at home is because they can drink alcohol at home for much less than a restaurant. And McCormick also makes it so you're a better cook. I cook with McCormick. I'm not that good at cook, but I throw some of the stuff on. No, but you're good at drinking. (laughs) That's right. You've got that down. (laughs) Yes, I am. Yes, you are. And you're a value drinker. Yes, I am. You are a value drinker. I got to tell you. It's a lot cheaper to pour mescal at home than it is at the bar. I pride myself. Although you do own a bar, too. You never know that I know how to drink. 
you would say, wait a second, he's a water guy. No. It's just wait, clear. I, but just because it's clear, it's not water. I would, <laughs> I would know, actually. Well, anyway. <laughs> Back to McCormick. <laughs> this, the, the Mexican initiatives that they have, the Spice Initiative that's working, um, the Chulubu, you know, and they also have, I oh, think that. Look at that, you, stock turned around. You know, Franks. I don't know if you, what you put. Do you use Franks? Because, you know, you can put it on a lot of things. I'm aware of that. You've made me aware of that. Yeah. Speaking of restaurants, um, Cowan today calls McDonald's one of their top Europe <laughs> ideas because they think U.S. comps will more than compensate for the European weakness. Okay. I found that piece distinctly lacking in rigor because it never once told us why Europe would be good. You go over it and, I mean, the stock can go up short. It's a, it's a classic name. But there was nothing in that piece that gave me any sort of feel that you want to own it because uh, now Europe is at an inflection point. Because anything, it's not. Right. At, uh, so at best, I like they argue um, consumers still see quick service as, a, as, as value, which means they ostensibly have some pricing power. That right. But, but I just think that there's so many better names. Don't, don't push yourself. Get the opening bell here on the CNBC Real-Time Exchange. At the big board, it is internet service provider Starry celebrating a listing via SPAC. At the NASDAQ, it's PepsiCo celebrating its campaign to help Latina small business owners gain access to business services. So we're going to watch the indexes here. Uh, I did get my uh, alcohol-infused Mountain Dew this week. David, I drink Mountain Dew, and now you'll never know that it's the alcohol-infused Mountain Dew. They're putting alcohol in Mountain Dew. It's not a good idea, is it? It's not a good idea? I think it's a brilliant idea. I sure do, because it's a very popular drink. Now, you want to keep it so that it's not that 16-year-olds and 18-year-olds don't get it. That is a primary issue, particularly college campus. Yes, yes. Um, at 46.15, Jim... That's uh, 500 S&P points in a matter of weeks. This was a breakout, like I said, 21 out of 21 times. When you get back and you have that 50% retracement, thank you, Larry Williams, it is off to the races, and we are off to the races, with the the Mike Wilsons kicking and screaming. Almost all the large, the big strategists, David, they lost conviction that this market could still have upward movement. Where are they? Well, some of Mike Wilson doesn't duck us, but a lot of the a lot of the people got very negative at the, what seemingly might look like the bottom. They did. Uh, we're we're heading into earnings season, uh, which might be. Well, many of those who are positive actually believe it will confirm some of the rally that we've seen. Right. Uh, well, that look, we will st- still continue to see strong earnings. Well, look at Jeffries, um, David. Year over year, the numbers were hideous. And yes. yet, here's the stock going up right now. Well, Jeffries, right. I mean, it was, it was, I think, 16-something percent above what were estimates, uh, 38% above for revenues and 38 or something percent above for, for earnings. Yep. Better um, than fear. Repurchase. 12% had a consensus, excuse but, me. But then earnings per um, share were down 42%, David. They were, but 2021 was a year unlike any other for all of these but guys, you as you the well know. Have you seen the IPOs last year versus this year? They had a 16, I mean, hello? 17% return on equity for their first quarter. Tangible book value was 33 bucks, so that gives you a sense. They're trading right... He's <laughs> trying to look at my text. They're trading right at uh, right at book value at Jeffries. We talk about Jeffries sometimes as well because it does give us a sense in terms of capital markets in particular, as you know, Jim, as to what we're going to see from the bigger firms. 
whether it be Morgan, Goldman, and the like, uh, in terms of some of their capital markets business. The oh. debt markets, by the way, have been difficult, True. to say the least. True. In terms of financing. So, but it, financing's still available. I'll get to Nielsen in a moment. Well, and what talk happens about if, that. if, let's say, JP Morgan, which has been the bellwether going down, what would happen if they actually reported a decent number? I don't know. Would it really go what? up? I feel like, what? I feel I can't remember the last time JP Morgan responded positively to earnings. Well, that, Even when you re- sat there and said these are great earnings. It's been a hallmark of uh, financial earnings in general, wouldn't you say, Jim? I don't know. I'm still stunned at his bitch. I mean, a slap. I'm trying <laughs> what are you to, talking about? I'm kind of coming to service. No, you have said there have been, my point was <laughs> yep, that there have been plenty of times that people, right. many, including yourself, have said J.P. Morgan's numbers are quite good and the stock has still what, gone down. What are you doing? It, it, I think it's this. I think it's this darn suit. <laughs> I think, it's I think he's not taking it seriously because of the suit. So let's go back to business. every day. You look very nice Let's go back to business. I like that. that. You know that there's a big investor uh, day at at Walt Disney World right now. They have a giant crowd, 100 analysts. There's going to be a major focus about how well the park is doing. And when we start doing my individual investing thing, thing goes back to 180. Chapek, here we come. That's a, I mean, that's conservative compared to some targets. I think uh, Jessica Ehrlich has two, 210 maybe, so 190. I 190. think she's back. Yeah. I think she's going to be right. I think this meeting could be a breakthrough meeting. I, you, you think I'm kidding. This is going to be the theme park writ large, which has not been emphasized. There's been too much talking about Disney Plus, Minus, Hotspur, kind of like Shakespeare. Hot, remember uh, Hotspur? He, uh, he didn't fare well in uh, Henry the Fourth Part Two. No. King Richard didn't fare that well the other night. No. Um, but Disney focused investors on their direct-to-consumer purposefully. It's not as though they well, we're wanted shifting. you to focus on we're that. And the, and the ultimate 230 COVID, million right, subscribers. Right, it was during COVID. But, but now they, it's why they, they, Shanghai. they chose to make that the key focus well, uh, for I any number of reasons and pivoting. benefited from it we're for quite some period now. of time. We're pivoting. And they may well be. They are pivoting. Um, Mr. Chapek himself. Right now. They're pivoting right now. Mr. Chapek himself ran into, has run into some significant internal resistance in terms of the LBT. Uh, oh, that statement LBT yesterday. He him, wow. Look, he admitted he made a mistake. Um, okay. And that was, that was positive. Wait, you don't like the suit either? I like the shirt. Well, I'll tell you, I'm going to put back one because I think that we may have to pay an homage to... Uh, Nathan Detroit. Yes, I think so as well. I think it's time to pay an homage to Nathan Detroit. All right? You got to, you know, I think luck be a lady. Do you mind it? Okay, here we go. Ready? <laughs> luck be a lady tonight. Oh, my God. If it ever were to begin with, luck be a lady tonight. guys. Um, awesome. We'll Thank go to the track to later. Over. We'll go downtown and shoot some more dice. The ponies. I've got that covered. I've got the covered. At times you have a very unladylike way it's, of running it was so, out. No one did it better. It is good. You're on this oh date with Sky. me. How great was Sky? <laughs> that was the name of a character. Yes, I'm aware. Sky Masters. You, yeah, you were Harry the Horse. I, I have seen right. can it we on get Broadway. Back? Can we start talking about Nathan stocks Lane. again? Can we start talking about Nathan stocks Lane. again? Yes. I, I am not kidding that Disney is a buy, and now I Chavito owns it. But this, I think Disney could be up as much as five. Well, on a much smaller scale, uh, Dave & Buster's, although the quarter wasn't all that scintillating, Jim, up 6%, uh, back to 45. 
A lot of analysts have tried to argue that some of these domestic leisure plays are not, the correlation to gas price is not really there. Well, this stock was at 40 when I read the release when I was doing the show last night. And I said, there isn't anything negative in this release. Why are they slamming it? And they were quite wrong, as is often the case in the after hours. Hey, by the way, I do want to talk about, uh, speaking of stocks, David, uh, the collapse of the steel companies, which just turned to be entirely involving uh, uh, Russia. I mean, Nucor was a great company. U.S. Steel. I mean, these companies are just coming down. They're just raining. They're raining steel. Hallelujah. Explain this to me, Jim, in all seriousness. I, Honestly, I they've been They've placed. all been up dramatically, of course, well, as commodities Well, steel prices have gone up. There are, there are some people, by the way, uh, I know this is going to, I'm out here on this one, who are saying that, well, steel trades with oil, just so oil goes down, steel is that, who are calling peak, peak commodity. There are some commodities that have peaked. Well, lumber's um, already 30%. Yes, off yes, high. peak commodity. But then we have against that, Housing up 19% on K-Shiller. So, but peak commodity might give uh, Jay uh, a little room. Might give him a little room. And we don't want 50 basis points, 50 basis points, 50 basis points. I don't know. You know, Wait, peak commodity. What, the, the commodity. I, have a, I have a friend who runs a, a, a paper company. Um, last week, he's gotten two notices like this, one from Nalco Water. Um, we publicly announced we're going to implement a temporary energy surcharge on all our global products to mitigate the short-term spike we're experiencing with hyperinflation. Um, the surcharge will be added to the bottom of your invoices April 1st, effective, and it will be tied to the Brent Oil Index, and the amount of the surcharge will be based on a four-week average calculated on the 15th of each month. Will there Another, be any resistance? Uh, a lot of chemicals, uh, actually, are provided into a paper okay. plan as well. Um, we have to increase prices in North America by 10 to 25% to keep up with unprecedented inflation. Without this increase, we'd be unable to provide you with the products you're using in, our, in your operations. Uh, and since our announcement, we've noticed that all our competitors have released essentially the same news. I mean, well, input costs are going up. Anything tied to oil, even with that decline today, is going up and going up dramatically. I think that's its spot. My thesis is a little out there. Um, wheat's down a little. Uh, oil controls because it's so visible. Uh, underneath, yes, absolutely, David. There's a lot of there, there's a lot of capacity constraint, and if we get a longshoreman strike. Coming into the talks in July 1, Carl, I don't know what's going to happen. All right, it's always something. Truckers, yes. convoys. There's just still, and, and by the way, for businesses like the one I mentioned, yeah, you're dealing with transport, your chemical in, you know, costs typically 3 to 4% of revenue is now going to 6 to 8%. Your cost for water, uh, trucking, as you say, transport, so many different things coming in. How much can you raise price is always well, if the you question. Don't, if you don't take price, you're regarded as a fool. Right. And that's one of the things that that was what what Jay has to really break is the notion of I have to take price because everyone else is. And if I don't, my gross margins are bad and people think I'm a bad business person. Yeah. So you're right. I, like I say, I mean, it's my thesis is spotty and not there yet, but it's based on oil. And I still think oil is a great buy, by the way, because when China comes back, uh, there, there'll be a, a bid underneath oil. But I, I just think you just need to see. Jay needs a break. He, he needs a break. He has he has not gotten the break that I think a lot of us were hoping he'd get. Um, well, you see the Dudley piece this morning that the Fed has made recession inevitable. I know. And kind of places blame it. Polly's, you know, 
he's gotten some tough breaks, but in the end, oh, they are responsible. Got, nothing's going Jay's way. Nothing. I mean, I just think that it's extraordinary. I mean, you know, you know he's listening to what you just said and just saying, yeah. oh, my God, more rate increases, more rate, more, oh, more price increases. person who sent me this happens then to you think go to the, that Jay doesn't, doesn't, doesn't know what he's doing right now. And then you get to the supermarket. Imagine. And the supermarket is a nightmare. That's why I look forward to talking to McCormick tonight, because anybody can raise prices at will. But the resistance, according to the big supermarkets, is not that. I mean, Kroger had that great quarter. I don't remember that terrific interview with Sarah, uh, where it's very clear that, that you have no problem raising prices. So the consumer's taking it. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Look, it's a really difficult time uh, because there's, like you said, there's just like, okay, so I thought that things were calming down. And then out of nowhere, Russia. And Russia did hurt everybody's business. I mean, I'm sure if you're uh, Apple right now, you're saying, okay, look, we got to balance this, balance that, balance this. So I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping Mike Cron can help us understand things better tonight because they've got a great worldwide view. Um, guys, I did want to get to a large uh, private equity deal this morning uh, as well. Um, yeah, talking about that uh, takeover of Nielsen. Not the first time, by the no. way. For those who may remember, this is a company that went private back in 2006. Interesting, back then the multiple was 13.4 times 2005, normalized EBITDA. That was a real club deal. I mean, everybody bought that thing back then. Blackstone, Carlisle, Hellman and Friedman, KKR, Thomas Lee. Oh, my God. Yelks, um, were the Elks in that? Uh, and they took it public in 11, and now it's going private again. And you can see the move up in stock is a result of what was a significant increase above what was the original, and this got leaked, original potential price. Elliott is the main uh, engine here. Uh, along with Brookfield. Uh, Elliott, though, will actually control the company. They're providing more of the equity, uh, more on that in a moment. You can see it right there. 28 bucks a share, equity value $10 billion. You got debt, all adds into about $16 billion. That premium, by the way, and again, the way they moved up from the 25-40 bit to 28, ultimately a 60% premium, I'm told, represents the largest large-cap LBO premium that you've seen in the last five years. Uh, and some history here. Nielsen had rejected 25.40. Windecker. This is a fun people really didn't weren't aware of. This was kind of reminiscent in the sense of most of Arcagos. Suddenly they they own 9.6% of the equity, but also another 14.4% in derivatives. This could become an issue because we didn't hear about Windecker in the press release. And in making calls on this, nothing in terms of whether they're supportive now. They said they thought the company was worth as much as 40. Why is it potentially at least important? Well, uh, this is a UK company. They're going to do it under a scheme of arrangement. You need 75% to be 10, uh, 75% of the shares. And if he were to convert those swaps, well, potentially it could be a gating issue, forcing them to go to a tender, which would mean they only need to buy more than 50%. I'm told they're willing to do that. Could be a bit of a timing issue. Uh, but ultimately doesn't seem to be standing in the way of Elliott's ability to get the deal done. As I said, or as we uh, t uh, showed you there, 55% of the $5.7 billion equity check, $5.7 billion equity check is being provided by Elliott, so they will be the majority holder in a sense of the company, the rest being provided by Brookfield. Financing is in place. So we talked about earlier when we talked about the Jeffries quarter, it's been a, a difficult market for financing, but you can get it done. And here they did, I'm told as well, um, you know, in part, they were able to do it because it's a large cap LBO. People were familiar with the credit as well, even back from the previous LBO. Um, and they started talking about this deal prior to uh, the hostilities in Ukraine. So 
um, all of which has allowed them to get this deal done, banks being the key financiers for what's going to be almost, what, a 10-plus billion in uh, bank financing, about 11 times EBITDA this time, Jim, as opposed to the 13.4 times when they uh, when this company was taken private the first time uh, for 16 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is there's no Justice Department issues because it's a PE firm. But I wanted yes. to ask you about you and about the United Health deal. Would I don't. That be, you know, I they are an aggressive acquirer, aren't they? Uh, United Healthcare, man, they have been, you know, here, uh, here, there, and everywhere. You're talking about obviously this LHC deal, 170 a share. I, I don't have a lot of visibility into antitrust concerns there, yeah, so I just don't have an answer for you. At home business, UNH is one of the great companies of our time, and if you think about the fact that they just got, they just got crushed on a previous deal with with the government, right? Well, right. that's right. Uh, change healthcare, right? 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 Incredible. But I think it's the Nielsen's very interesting because what you have to hope for, people, the bears have to watch out that once again, there'll be deals. Uh, David, FedEx up nine. I keep thinking about what you said. I'm looking at FedEx's market cap versus, say, uh, United UPS. Parcels. It's uh, the differential More is wealth staggering. created by UPS. Yeah. Um, final point quickly on Nielsen. Elliott has become a real power in PE. They yes. have, I wouldn't say they've shifted their business, but activism is what we know them for. Track record there. I mean, man, they still own a lot of AT&T. That hasn't done much for them. But on PE, uh, they have already uh, seen some significant um, wins, of course, as well. Uh, with Athena some of the deals they've done. Say, Athena. Athena Thank you. Right? Exactly. Athena really Health was smart. a huge win. By the way, they they sold it to another private equity consortium. But uh, we'll see how they do here. But that's a, that's a big deal. All right, guys. As we said earlier, uh, 46.17 is almost exactly 500 points above the February 24 low. Let's get to Bob Bassani. Hey, Bob. Yeah, a lot of round trips this quarter. We are um, moving on reports that Russia may be taking steps to de-escalate the conflict. You can see a lot of more speculative parts of the market moving, uh, anything having to do with travel moving as well. Take a look here. Kathy Wood's ARC uh, fund, her flagship fund doing well. Uh, retail's doing well. Semiconductor's doing well. And again, Jib was talking about peak commodities. There's metals and mining and uh, the energy index also to the downside as well. So peak commodities very much on people's minds. And you can see that in the S&P leadership group. Anything that involves spending money, traveling, really uh, on the top of the leaderboard. So all the airlines are moving. MasterCard's having a really good day. The car companies, General Motors and Ford, are all up here. More spending anticipated, of course, on lower oil. Uh, a lot of round trips uh, that we see in the charts for the quarter. We're only two and a half days left uh, in the quarter. Quite amazing. S&P 500. Remember, the t- peak in the S&P was the January 4th, as I recall. So we started at 47.80 or so. We went uh, as low as 40. No, oh, I don't know. The high was 47.93, the second or third day. Uh, and now you see we're less than 4%. Uh, from the highs uh, that we had beginning of the year. Uh, Round trip on the VIX, too, volatility index. We started at 16. We went as high as 38. That that was uh, on uh, February 24th. And look, we're back to essentially 19 today, almost a round trip there. Oil, the same thing. We started the year at $75. We went to 124 March 8th. And today we're back at $99. Uh, gold, same thing, $1,800 or so uh, started the year, went to 2000 or so. Today we're back to 1800 See these round trips that you're seeing here? Not a round trip, though, on Treasury yields. We started at 1.5%. We essentially went to 2.4%, 2.5% yesterday, and we're 
essentially at the high. So what are we doing? We're going into the second quarter with rates right near their highs. But the most important thing is earnings are holding up really well. We're not changing much at all. These numbers for the first, second, and third quarter have held in very well for the last couple of months. A lot of people are surprised about that. We'll see if this changes, but this is the main reason things are holding up so well. Finally, I just want to point out something about Robinhood. They said today they're going to start providing trading hours, expanded trading hours, 7 a.m. to 8 p.m., Schwab is doing this, Interactive Brokers. I would recommend that people look at what the SEC has to say about after-hour trading. They cite, and there's on their website, there's a lack of liquidity in after-hours trading, there's larger quote spreads, there's higher price volatilities, and there's competition with pro professional traders. You know, Carl, uh, day trading is hazardous. We know that. But day trading in the after-hours can be very hazardous. I would recommend people go to sec.gov and look at what the SEC has to say about what goes on in after-hours trading. Carl, back to you. All right, Bob. Uh, thanks so much, Bob Pisani. As we go to break, take a look at the bond report. We will get some Fed speak today uh, and a little eco data. Jolts and confidence coming up in about 10 minutes. Uh, tenure this morning, right around 2-4. Meantime, Apple joining Tesla going green for the year, riding 11 straight daily gains. We're back in just a moment. Pretty good tape this morning on these uh, Ukraine headlines, but travel and leisure are going to help lead you. Boeing and Disney are the top performing Dow components. And on the NDX, you see Airbnb and Booking Holdings, uh, the number two and three spot, along with Airbnb. We'll, back, we'll take a short break. Dow's up 313. Well, we've got a good one tonight because we do have Fred Smith. Uh, now, he's not saying goodbye. He's going to executive chairman. But we're going to talk about that paper that he wrote that he got a C on that was the idea behind this. Some people question whether how much of FedEx was his. Uh, I would say he ran the company into uh, an amazing, set into an amazing company. Now, UPS, by the way, bigger market cap. Talk about that, maybe. Much larger. And, and, and then uh, Lawrence Curseus, McCormick. I think people have to recognize that people are staying at home and cooking. And McCormick is the best, uh, best way to know. And then, David, I understand you're not going to be here, so let me just tell you. What do we got? I'm going to roll them for me, baby. You, Nathan. you know what, David? Nathan. You know Come what? on. Be Come on. Okay. Scott Matterson says. Because nice. <laughs> <laughs> he's Nathan Detroit. Oh. Yeah. yeah, he's trying to be Sky. You were? Sky. Sky's a good role. Sky's I'd, really. I'd take any of them, really. Sky's yeah. the chairman. Yep. Right. Well, anyway, thank you, David. I hope you enjoy your trip to wherever the hell you're going. <laughs> I will. <laughs> it's going to be great. Have a good time at the track later. <laughs> you're going to Gulfstream? Where are you going? <laughs> this time, is it Santa? Santa? Going in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> it's All right. True. Well, I really take am. care. Thank you. Go to, you're, just go down to Pimlico, okay, so we can keep track of you. <laughs> we'll see you tonight, Jim. 6 p.m. Bad Money uh, right here on CNBC. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.